This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Friday, December 17th. I'm Jerem Jordan, as mentioned in Provo. He is Spencer Linton, who now has new rain gear ahead of tomorrow's bowl game in Shreveport, Louisiana. That's exactly right, Jerem. We are gearing up for the storm. It's quite literally the calm before the storm in mild independence or the Independence Bowl right now in Shreveport, Louisiana. 70 degrees, a little bit of breeze, some overcast conditions, but the rain will hit early tomorrow morning and will continue basically through the entire duration of the game. We're just hoping that at some point it goes away and there's a chance that by the time the second quarter hits, we could have some breaks in the weather. Really, it's going to make the pregame a lot of fun tomorrow. So, yeah, we have absolutely uh, prepared to break out the rain gear in an historic stadium, no less, uh, on a turf field. So it's going to be a fast, slippery surface. We'll see what happens when the game gets underway tomorrow. Tell me about the history. It's historic. What's historic? Ah, yes. Some fun with history. This stadium was built in the early 1920s. It's almost 100 years old. It hosted the annual LSU-Arkansas game from 1925 to 1936, so it goes way back, and they've had longtime SEC ties here. Uh, Also, it was named the Independence Bowl here, Jerem, because the game was instituted in 1976, which is 200 years to the year of when the United States declared its own independence, the bicentennial. So thus we have the Independence Bowl. Now, it used to be the Duck Commander Independence Bowl. I kind of miss those days, right? Um, back back when that was a bigger deal. <laughs> Duck Dynasty, which is awesome. Okay, much more coming up from Shreveport in just a moment. Here's the show lineup. We'll discuss what needs to happen tomorrow in the final football game for BYU. Is a win enough? We'll discuss. ESPN's Trevor Maddich will chat with us. Spencer Linton will chat with Kalani Satake ahead of the game as well. A BYU running back says he's coming back this season. We'll tell you who. Uh, next season, rather. And should opt-outs be used for New Year's Six consideration? We'll discuss. And Men's Hoops, of course, looking to keep a unique Mark Pope stat alive. But first, time for some headlines. It is bowl game eve in Shreveport, Louisiana. The 13th-ranked BYU Cougars, the highest-ranked team to ever play in this bowl game, will take on the Blazers of UAB tomorrow. 3.30 p.m. Eastern, you can watch the game live on ABC, listen live on BYU Radio. Cougars a seven-point favorite, but not buying into the fact that they are the favorite and are certainly not overlooking their opponent. It's all we've been talking about is being ready to play. You know, bowl games have distractions. You have a pretty long period of time between your last game and the bowl game, and usually the team that's most ready to play wins. And uh, the other thing is being excited to play. I think that's a big factor in bowl games is the team that's most excited to be there usually is the one that has a better chance to win. Aaron Roderick also confirmed that offensive linemen Harris Lachance and Campbell Barrington are expected to play as well as Gunnar Romney on the wide receiver line. James Empey and Neil Pau, not surprisingly, still out, not expected to play with those season-ending injuries that they both sustained. Great news with Harris. We haven't seen him in a long time at that right tackle spot, so that's awesome. Plenty Stocky is a semifinalist for the George Munger Coach of the Year and senior running back Lopini Katoa 
says he is coming back next season. I don't know if there is just one factor for me personally. Um, there is different reasons, but it just felt like the best thing for me. Or whether Tyler Algier will return. He has a big decision to make. We'll dis discuss that coming up as well. BYU football commit and speedy wide receiver Cody Hagan is named the state of Utah's Mr. Football. He's joined on the All-State First Team by Cannon DeVries, a 6A safety, and Parker Kingston, a 6A athlete. Vai Suifua is a 5A first team offensive tackle. A lot of talent, Jerem. Love it. Daniel Sorensen had two tackles in the Chiefs overtime win against the Chadges, 34-28. Michael Davis had four tackles for LA. BYU men's basketball tomorrow in the D Event Center in Ogden, Utah against Weber State, 8 Eastern. Big one for the Cougars who just dropped to the eight seed line in Joe Lenardi's latest ESPN Bracketology projection. Every game feels like a huge one at this point, Jeremy. As you mentioned, Mark Pope is trying to continue a very impressive streak. We'll have more on that later. Joe Lenardi literally just tweeted, uh, BYU is the 29th overall seed, meaning the last eight seed. So moved down four spots since the last report earlier in the week. Number 20, women's hoops host Washington State tomorrow, 2 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Both Cougars are 8-1. It should be a really, really nice game tomorrow afternoon. Can't wait to watch that live on the BYU TV app. Congratulations to the BYU women's track and field team named the Program of the Year according to the USTF CCCA, which ranks the best cross-country and track and field programs on an annual basis. The men of track and field and cross-country for BYU finish at number two. Got a special thing going there with Ed Eyestone and Dilgy Taylor. Keep it going. And women's volleyball middle blocker Whitney Larinus is returning next season. She was in the transfer portal near the beginning of the season. She's going to stay. Hopefully Tyler Algier does the same, although he wasn't in the transfer portal. And Zayna Meyer, freshman setter, is in the portal right now. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Brigham Young and Alabama-Birmingham, the fighting Trogdors, tomorrow in Shreveport on ABC and BYU Radio. They're actually the Blazers, but if you like Homestar Runner, you know what I'm talking about. It's a chance to get to 11 wins for the 13th-ranked Cougars. There's much more at stake around the game, it feels like, than in or with the game for BYU. So, Spencer, is a win enough for tomorrow and BYU football? Yes and no. It just depends on what you want most, Jerem. If it's simply 11 wins on the season, then yeah, win by one point, win in overtime. It doesn't matter. Just win the game and get to 11 wins and make sure that the guys that have to say goodbye to the program are sent off uh, with a good taste in their mouths and, and things are happy. It, it's great. But if BYU wants to make a statement that they belong in the postseason AP Top 10, and that would be just the fourth time ever in program history. In the storied program history of BYU football, only three teams have finished in the postseason Top 10. This team has a shot to do it and become the fourth, but they're going to have to make a statement against UAB. And by statement, it's probably a dominating performance, at least a two-score win, you would think. BYU is only a seven-point favorite, and I thought, why is BYU only a seven-point favorite against UAB? A couple of things factor into that. UAB has the 11th-ranked total defense in the country. They're really stingy up front. So how much can BYU establish that ground game and maybe break open some big plays on offense to beat a really good 
defense that the Blazers are going to bring in. Rain in the forecast should slog things down, should slow things down a little bit. And if you're wondering, well, what difference does rain make? We don't have to look far. Go back to the Boise State game, and I know it stings. BYU turned the ball over four times. A couple of fumbles from Lopini Katoa proved detrimental for that. And I don't want to bring up, you know, a, a stinging past, but this the rain can absolutely have a major impact in this game. But uh, we'll hear from Kalani Sataka. I asked him about that. Like, how do you prepare for that ball, to get ball security better? and to uh, not turn the ball over against the Blazers, which are kind of a ball-hawking defense. So, Jerem, seven-point favorite, but if BYU wants to make a statement that they are a postseason top-10 team, they probably got to win by two scores, and they got to look sharp in doing so. Rain can also stifle a good quarterback. Uh, see Josh Allen in the 2016 Poinsettia Bowl. BYU threw for under 100 yards and won the game because Jamal Williams went crazy. Does BYU have a Jamal Williams-type running back in the rain? Yes! Tyler Algier needs 174 yards to potentially break Luke Staley's 2001 single-season record. I mean, he could in this game. UAB does have a good defense, but if it's rainy, uh, you'd think that BYU would run the rock more. We'll, we'll see. Uh, BYU's offense is one of the best, if not the best, offense that UAB will have seen all year. I know they matched up in Conference USA with, what, UTSA, who's had an incredible season. I still think BYU, obviously, is a better team, and I think a better offense. Sierra McCormick's a good running back. Uh, Tyler Algier's a good running back in, in those comps. So, yeah, I, I think winning by one is, is it enough? Um, yeah, you said it right. It depends what you want. In every situation, your expectations are based on what you want out of the thing. If you want 11 wins, yeah, winning by one clearly is enough. But if you want to be in the top 10, yes, you've got to win by two scores, like you said. Um, it, it'd, be, it'd be incredible to finish in the top 10. It'd be nice to get Tyler Algier that single-season record. It'd be nice to get Tyler Algier back for next year. So all of those are up for grabs. I think BYU wins. I think BYU covers. But in order to try and sneak into that top 10, obviously there needs to be some movement within that for BYU to even have a shot. But even if BYU's top 12, incredible season. I mean, I was thinking about this before the show, Spence. BYU has six wins against Power 5 teams. How long will it take BYU to do that in the Big 12? Like, if they play eight games, nine games, it took Utah till year five to do that in the Pac-12. So what BYU's already done has been amazing. They can put the cherry on top with a, a win against UAB. If for some reason uh, BYU lost this game, it's a different conversation with how this season goes now. Um, it, although they've cemented their legacy in a great way, it'd just be like, oh, shoot, like we talked about. So they've got to go out and perform well tomorrow, and I think is ready to rock. Yeah, you don't want to tarnish what has been a remarkable season, and the energy is good, and I don't expect that BYU will come out flat tomorrow, and I put that largely on the fact that they locked in Kalani Satake. The team just feels invigorated and re-energized and the coaching staff as well like it was a big relief to lock all that down and now they're all in so I'm with you I do not expect BYU though there was some initial disappointment of not going to a bigger bowl game to show up flat I think they are excited to play they are ready to play hard for Kalani Satake and the staff and they're ready to prove that this is one of the all-time teams in BYU football history and we talked earlier this week about not just getting to 11 wins but 11 wins in back-to-back -back seasons for the first time since 06 and 07. Of course, we're trying to finish uh, in the top 10 for just the fourth time ever, but 
Man, BYU has a chance to do something that hasn't been done since Steve Young and Robbie Bosco were the quarterbacks at, at BYU, which is pretty wild. And that's finished, you know, top 11 in back-to-back seasons. That's just crazy. The only way this goes south tomorrow is if UAB is clearly way better than BYU, which they're not. Baylor was the only team on the schedule where it was like, oh, shoot, that team's better. Or if you cough it up like four times. That's the only way it goes south, in my opinion. Yeah. That's what it took for BYU to lose those two games. Let's get to our question of the day, which is this. What do you want to see from BYU in tomorrow's Independence Bowl? Let's get to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Tyler Sanchez Zero on Instagram. I want to see them prove that we deserved a New Year's Six game and it was a mistake to put us in this game, which we can prove by beating these guys 50-3. to three. Now, that I, I'm, I don't get the <laughs> sense, Spence, and you've been around the team at the hotel, what's the, what's the sense of energy as it, as it pertains to being petty and vindictive about the New Year's Six? I don't get the sense of you always like, ticked off about that. No, and, and again, it, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the Satake situation. There was so much focus diverted away from the actual bowl game to, oh my gosh, are we going to lock in our coach? Are things going to change? There was so much emphasis on that that when it happened, it was just like, yes, we got him, and we have another chance to play a football game and put a statement on this season. So I don't get that, that sense at all. No, no pettiness. They're not vindictive. They're just ready to go out and play and have a good time. And you know what? If you want to have a good time, winning is involved. And they absolutely want to win this game and look sharp doing so. And a BYU good time is different than everyone else's good time. Let's just clarify. As we go to break, (laughs) the United Soccer Coaches Association has named Jennifer Rockwood and her staff of BYU Women's Soccer the Staff of the Year. Congratulations. They deserve it, man. Fantastic. That was an incredible run to go four seed. To the national championship game. So, awesome. Congratulations. Incredible stuff. Hey, coming up, will BYU basketball head coach Mark Pope continue an impressive streak that comes on the heels of losing a game? Yep, we're not going to tell you the streak. We're going to tease it multiple times. And Spencer goes one-on-one with Kalani Satake. I've got Kalani in this matchup. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Get ready for all things BYU football and the Independence Bowl by joining us on Countdown to Kickoff Saturday, 2 Eastern, a 90-minute edition on BYU TV and the app. I'm Spencer Linton, live here in Shreveport, Louisiana. Earlier this morning, I spoke one-on-one with BYU head football coach Kalani Satake about several things, obviously previewing the game against UAB, a weather update, and how's the health of this BYU football team after they were notably banged up after the USC game, and what an 11th win would mean for the legacy of this 2021 squad. Here is my one-on-one with BYU head football coach Kalani Satake, all-access BYU Sports Nation from Shreveport. One. Coach, this is the third time we've had a Satake on BYU Sports Nation this week. You early to talk about your contract extension and the bowl game, and then Fessy to discuss more of what his role is going to be, and now you're back again. So apparently it's Satake week. You cool with that? Yeah, well, I have to come back because before, before it was really dark, the lighting wasn't the best, <laughs> which, which is my best look, by the way. <laughs> but, no, I'm, I'm glad to be back with you guys. You guys know how I feel about you. 
the witness protection program look? Is that what we were going for? Yeah, that was pretty cool. I, I thought. I mean, I don't know why I bothered to shave that morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. Well, here we are in the Independence Bowl in Shreveport, Louisiana. Mild temperatures. We'll talk about the weather in a moment. But how would you describe the bowl experience here for you and your team thus far? Oh, we've had a great time. And, and uh, you know, we, we looked at, at at this being a goal for us, meaning that uh, do well enough to play that extra game and, and uh, you know, send the seniors out the right way. And, and uh, even though we don't have a bunch of them, but... Any of the guys is, that, that this is going to be their last moment on the field, we want to make sure that um, you know, we spend time with them and hang out with them and, and really uh, get to thank the, the families of our coaches and staff and also uh, the families of our players. So this is a, a good moment for us and it doesn't hurt having the extra practices for our development, but uh, really excited about this game and this matchup with UAB. And then uh, the Independence Bowl has taken really good care of us and the hospitality has been amazing. So looking forward to, to playing this game. So I'm hearing that there was a trivia game the other night that got pretty intense. And, and there was some drama, but the BYU guys brought home the belt. Uh, were you there for that? If not, what did you hear about that? I was there for that, and, and um, I, I don't know. I don't know how, how it all works, but I know we're not very good at Madden as a team. <laughs> but, but for some reason, we could throw axes really well. And uh, the, the, the trivia stuff, I think it worked out well. I think Fessy was in the... Uh, was in the, the winning um, team at the end, which works out. So whenever that guy's around trivia, it usually helps, helps us out. <laughs> People are really interested about uh, your relationship with him. We saw a good deal of that and a good taste of it in our, our deep blue feature. But let's talk about Fessy and, and what he has meant to the development of the wide receivers in the offense under Aaron Roderick. Yeah, he's amazing. And, and, and this is, uh, uh, you know, his relationship with me, is, is, it's one thing. Uh, growing up together and me being his big brother, but um, and then you know me and TJ being able to to help raise him and and um, that that's been always there, we have always been close because of that. But it's the um, it's seeing him grow as as a as a football player under um, you know when we recruited him, Aaron Roderick was his coach, and so uh, he he was his first college coach, and then Ed Lamb was there to finish it up, and then he was a GA, and then now we see. How things have happened in his coaching and career, and so to have him here with A. Rods again, and in, in a different sense, I think it's a it's a it's a good um, compliment to how A. Rod works with people, but also that lasting impression that he's had with uh, with with every. I've been his friend for, since we were players, you know, here at BYU. So we have that great connection, that great great relationship. But the A. Rod extended to everyone, including Fessy, has been has been uh, really nice to see allows the people to grow and get better and I know he's always looking at, to have others help out help him out and uh, I give a lot of credit to, to A-Rod uh, nurturing that relationship uh, with Fessy and, and allowing Fessy to grow in, in, in his new role. I'm looking at what the wide receiver room and the offense in general brought in on signing day and I said this to Fessy but the theme is speed and uh, it just seems like more and more speed is, is coming into that room. How have Aaron and Fessy been able to recruit a different type of athlete to BYU to play that position? Well, I, I think this is the, their connection and seeing, um, you know, how those uh, those skills can work for our offense. I think it gets them a little bit excited. You see the, uh, you know, with Fessy and A-Rod running the show, I don't think we should ever see a drop-off. In, and I'm, I'm making a statement here in, in, in our in the receiver room and the quarterback room. So I... I plan on having those two guys keep those rooms loaded and uh, with talent 
Um, and then you can see how the receivers are performing now, even when guys go down, how well guys step up. I think Keanu's been the one uh, that to step up and make plays. And um, the way Fessy and A-Rock uh, control their position groups has been, been a lot of fun. And uh, when the offense is rolling, it helps the whole team. Let's talk running backs now as we move away from the wide receiver room. Lopini Katoa announces officially yesterday that he's coming back for another year to BYU. What does the return of Lopini for one more year do for BYU football in that running backs group? Yeah, it gives us stability. I mean, we, we obviously know what he can do, and uh, when he's healthy, he can roll. And so um, it allows us to use him in a lot of different places, too. I mean, he, he's got tons of talent. He can play a lot of different positions. He, he catches the ball well out of the backfield. He runs great routes, and so we'll be able to use him in a lot of different places. So it's nice to have the weapons come back. Imagine if we had all those weapons from last year. So if you have more eligibility, it'd be really cool for you guys to come back. <laughs> now now Lopini can help recruit the others. That That's what nice. I was going to yeah. say. Like, Does that move help with uh, Tyler and maybe Gunner and some others? Yeah, I expect him, I expect him to follow, follow through. If he wants, you know, if he, he wants a fully loaded team, then, then I expect him to get to work. Love that. We're with BYU head coach Kalani Satake at the Independence Bowl in Shreveport, Louisiana. When you look at what this game means to the 2021 BYU football season, how will this game impact the legacy of what's already been a remarkable year for BYU football? Well, I mean, it's going to be a sad day anyways because uh, we're going to have to say goodbye to some players, and, and um, it's just a lot easier to say goodbye with a win, you know, and, and – uh, but I, I'm not really worried about that as much as I am just us showing up and, and playing at our best and, and staying loose. And that's my job as a head coach, to make sure our guys are ready to go. And, and uh, I like what I saw from practice yesterday. You know, we've had a lot, a lot of practice. It's been a long stretch since we last played. And um, we've had some guys get healthy and some guys get banged up, you know, but because we practice a certain way, we play a lot of 11-on-11 football, and uh, that, that's the way for us to get better. And I've seen some improvement. I've seen a lot of things progress as, as a team for us, and I'd like to see that happen uh, you know, in our game against uh, UAB. You mentioned the guys, uh, a few being banged up and, and the physicality of the season. I mean, it's such a battle of attrition just to stay healthy. It's been three weeks since you played against USC. You were notably banged up coming out of that game. How's the health of your team overall after a little bit of rest? Yeah, I feel like we're healthier and probably the offensive side a lot healthier than we are on the defensive side. Although we've had a lot of guys on defense being able to come back and practice, it's been it's been limited action. Uh, some of the guys that we we have, um, uh, I think, in Chaz is someone that's coming to mind right away, and and, and then there's others that that are still unable to go. Peyton Wilgar and, and Keenan Peely, but because the whole team is here, uh, it's different because they're all here. They're at practices. They're helping mentor our guys, even though they did that at at the uh, during the season. It's nice to have them here and. And, and consistently in in the ear of our young guys, our you know our, our defensive players. So um, we'll have some some uh, young contributors on defense. That's okay. The guys will make plays, and uh, special teams will do well. And, and I think offensively, um, our guys are will have more weapons than we've had before. So we'll see what happens. How many times do you think you've discussed the word depth this season? <laughs> yeah, in, a, a lot. Yeah, now I think about it, it's probably something that I say too much. But but. Uh, it's something that we're, we're going to need to improve on every as much as we can. I anticipate. I mean, there's moments in the game against USC where I'm like, oh, look who's on the field. It's just guys that you weren't expecting on, on helping you early in the season. But uh, I give a lot of credit to the players and to the coaches for always being ready. Um, and it, it, it's you, you like your depth to be really good, but you don't always want to test it. 
uh, the unfortunate part is that we've had to test our depth quite a bit this year, and um, that's okay, though. You know, the guys are, are doing well, and I think that's going to help us going into the future for the 22 season. Ten wins amidst all of those injuries. Impressive, to say the least. Now you try and get number 11 against a UAB team that is obviously motivated to be here. They get to play against the number 13 team in America. This is the highest-ranked team that's ever played in the Independence Bowl. Target on the back. What concerns you most about the matchup with uh, the Blazers of UAB? I mean, I, I think the uh, looking at the, the way they're coached, I, I have a lot of respect for Bill Clark, a great coach, and, and that program. Um, you know, they, they've gone through some adversity. In the, well, I mean, they, they were... They went away for a little while. The program while. was eliminated for a little bit, and, yeah. and then uh, so to have them come back and establish not just having a team ready to play, but a team that wins games. Um, you know, they, they, it's been impressive seeing them in, in, the, in the last few years, and uh, especially under Bill Clark. I think they're going to be uh, well coached at what we see on film. Uh, they, they, they do all the little things right, and so it's not going to be easy. But, uh, you know, it's a great test for us, and we've had the target on our back a lot of weeks this season so uh, I think this is a great opportunity for us to step up and, and see how we can match up against a team that's really hungry to play us and uh, don't, don't don't be misunderstood don't, don't misunderstand me though we're, we're hungry too we, yeah. we want to play this game and then we want to make sure that we uh, we show up at our best and then that's that's going to be the goal I I'm looking forward to the game I think our guys will do well Take this for what it's worth, and I know you're super humble about all this and the contract extension, but from my perspective, it just seems like since you got locked back in, there has been this re-energizing, this resurgence, and almost like this unity and bonding that has happened around the team. How have you felt since that news became official and watching your team come together for the bowl game? Well, that, that's how I feel, too. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, that during the, the the last couple weeks has been kind of, kind of you know, difficult. I think for me it's to evaluate where we are as a program, where I, I am as a coach. But um, I started to realize that the, the, the more that kind of uh, was getting strung along, I just felt like um, a lot of anxiety and stress on our players and, uh, and our coaches. And so, um, you know, didn't want them to worry about it and uh, definitely didn't want the fans to worry about it too because I could sense that and, and the, the energy needs to stay in the positive. And so I've apologize for putting people through that but uh, uh, I think in the uh, in the end it's going to be beneficial for our program and uh, beneficial for us going into the future I think the players deserve the necessary resources and our our staff and, and the support that we need in there to make it happen I think we can do some really wonderful things I think we've done some great things already um, and it just be going against the the schedule that we're going to see and going into the big 12 uh, everything needs to be uh, we need it you know, improve in a lot of different ways, and even Tom said it himself, and so it's nice to have that uh, start working on that as soon as possible. Coach, before you go, I need to ask you about the weather conditions. Rain is expected tomorrow. You're a fullback by nature. Mm -hmm. You told me before we started this interview, you're okay with that. How do you make all of the guys feel okay about rainy conditions in Shreveport if that comes to that? Well, selfishly, I look better in the dark, as you can see from the, <laughs> the last time I was on, but also, uh, I look better wet and, and, and soaking wet. So, uh, uh, no, I listen. It's a game, you know. We, we prepared the right way. I think uh, we played with some uh, practice with some wet balls just in case to, to focus on on ball security, things like that. But um, but you can't make too much of the weather. All you can do is prepare for it. 
the thing that we're going to look forward to is just showing up and playing our best. And and the UAB has to play in the same weather as we do. So uh, listen, we we had a nice uh, preparation, bowl prep in in the indoor. It's it, it felt really good the last couple of days to practice in, in some wet and some rain. That was that was a lot of fun. Nice, Kalani. Let's give you some karma for tomorrow's game. We appreciate you hanging out with us here in Shreveport. This, this is a cool setting. Hey, appreciate all you guys do for us, and, and uh, just want to send our love to the BYU fans. Thank you, Cougar Nation. Love you guys. Let's go have some fun one more time. Thanks, Kalani. All right. Go Googs. Kalani Sitake, one-on-one BYU Sports Nation All Access from Independence Stadium in Shreveport, Louisiana. And, Jerem, I really appreciated the additional insight Kalani gave to us about what the emotions were like trying to prepare for a bowl game, players wondering what's going to happen, and he straight up just said it, it was uncomfortable. We needed to lock this in so that we could get right mentally for this game. He used the words difficult, strung along, anxious. I apologize for putting people yeah. through that. He's talking about the process of getting to the point where the contract was announced, right? Obviously, he hears and interviews with, uh, you know, Oregon. Uh, Washington was in the mix as well, we know. So he wasn't going to leave BYU. He just wanted it to happen, and then it did, which is great. I'm glad that everyone figured out whatever they needed to figure out, but th those were some pretty telling and honest uh, words and phrases he used because at the end of the day, he's at BYU, and it's all good. But there was some difficulty, and – Interesting that he said the phrase strung along, and uh, I apologize for putting people through that. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, certainly. And uh, like I said, I just I, I put great value in uh, almost uh, being too open in those, in those regards, you know, showing some vulnerability. And I just I love Kalani for how genuine he is, and he's super humble. And I loved his explanation of the relationship that he has with Aaron Roderick and Fessy Satake. And there's some real excitement about those – guys being together yeah. and pushing forward offensively. This, this BYU team can be exciting for the next few years. Amen. All right, Jerem, we discuss with Trevor Maddich now on a Maddich Friday what BYU has to gain other than an 11th win by beating UAB. Is there anything else they can do besides just win the game? And how do we feel about a 14-team Big 12? Couple of reports. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. It's a BYU football and basketball doubleheader on BYU Radio tomorrow. Coverage begins with Cougar pregame live at 1.30 p.m. Eastern as the BYU football team takes on UAB in the Independence Bowl. Following football coverage, listen to BYU basketball as the Cougars and Mark Pope face Weber State 8 Eastern live on BYU Radio and the app. Yeah, some pregame coverage, baby. Cannot wait. He is Spencer. I'm Jerem from Provo in Shreveport, Louisiana. This is BYU Sports Nation. Of course, follow us on the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Let's whip it. Good Whip Around is presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company enabling global trade for a growing world. Lopini Katoa says he intends to return for another season of BYU football, Jerem. What is your reaction to the news that Lopini is coming back and running it back for one more? I think that's great. Um, obviously, I think he thought maybe he'd have a bigger role on, on this team. It was 1A and 1B, at least the perception uh, preseason. It's clearly become, uh, you know, he's the number two. And there's a big gap between two and three. So if Tyler Algier doesn't come back, Lopini Katoa is certainly going to be penciled into that number one spot unless BYU goes to the transfer portal and finds a Tyson Williams type. But 
I like Lopini. Obviously, didn't have his greatest moment against Boise State, fumbling multiple times. But uh, Lopini can be a massive contributor for this team, and I think he will next year. Yes, it was a year ago at the Boca Raton Bowl that Lopini Katoa gave us one of the greatest BYU highlights in the Independence era, laying out fingertip grab. He's capable of doing some really nice things for BYU football. I will never complain about veteran leadership and experience. Can you imagine Katoa and Algier back and then a healthy Miles Davis? Man, that's a nice running backs room. We'll see what happens. And Jackson McChesney, who's done nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. A few reports have both Texas and Oklahoma not opting out of the Big 12 early, meaning they will be in the conference for the first two years with BYU. Do you like the idea of the 14-team Big 12? Absolutely, I like the idea. I love that BYU would have an opportunity to play Texas and Oklahoma on their home fields at least one more time. BYU's never been to Norman. Go play in Norman and then go back to Austin and dominate. You think Longhorns fans want anything to do with BYU after what has happened there with Taysom Hill? And BYU's in a better place right now overall as a program? Send them back to Austin, let's go. And Sark at the helm, I think that's fun. Hopefully the Big 12 would hook that up. They don't have to necessarily because with 14 teams, not everyone's playing each other both years. But yeah, that'd be fun. BYU's been pretty good against those two combined. Only one loss in the uh, history of playing those two teams, which is pretty cool. Yeah, how wild is that? Six and one, I think, all time against Oklahoma and Texas combined. That That's fantastic. Okay, Jerem, Mark Pope and BYU basketball take on Weber State tomorrow. We have documented on the show more than a few times and are bringing it back again that Mark Pope in the regular season has never lost back-to-back games. Does that streak stay alive tomorrow when BYU visits the D Event Center? Do I think BYU is going to lose to Weber State? No, I do not. <laughs> no. I think BYU wins and keeps I agree with you. Yeah, Mark Pope and BYU going to get it done. They lost to Creighton. They're not going to lose to Weber State. Wildcats reeling a little bit after they lost by 15 to Utah State at home. So maybe they are re-energized to try and come out and play more physical against BYU. But yeah, it's a Mark Pope team in the regular season. They just don't lose back to back. So I'm with you. They just don't, which is awesome. All right, coming up, a champion will be crowned in prop picks. Jerem, why are you making me tease this? I can't make you do anything. I can't even make my kids do anything. Uh, I won a while ago. So there's that. And it's a Maddich Friday as Trevor will join us to talk about the bowl game, Klein Satake. Tyler Algier returning, question mark. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 20th ranked BYU women's basketball back at home, hosting another Pac-12 foe, Washington State. From the Marriott Center, watch the game live at 2 Eastern, Noon Mountain, on the BYU TV app. Could be a great game. Both teams are 8-1. and one. Can't wait for that one. I'm Jerem Jordan in Provo. Here's Spencer Linton in Shreveport, Louisiana, ahead of the Independence Bowl. We now bring in ESPN's Trevor Maddich on a Maddich Friday ahead of the bowl game. Trevor, welcome to the program, man. How you doing? Oh, it's great to be here. How come Spencer gets all the exotic locations? For goodness sake, Spencer. You're a world traveler. I've... I've paid a lot of money to the right people, Trevor, and uh, I'm just trying to follow in your footsteps because I know that you have made your way around basically this entire country. And Shreveport's a great place. 
Should be fun ahead of the bowl game as well. Let's talk about uh, that. Um, we, we've been trying to break this down. I know Cougar fans are probably over, I think, not making a New Year's Six. But it's more about, it feels like, winning an 11th game and perhaps cracking the AP Top 10 than it is even UAB. What are your thoughts on the situation? Yeah, I understand that, that there are a lot of people that are disappointed that BYU didn't make the New Year's Six. And they're disappointed that the ACC champion and the Pac-12 champion Utah that BYU beat jumped over them in the final ranking to take those two spots. But that was always going to happen. The Power Five Conference champions, no matter where they're ranked, if they're not ranked, are contractually obligated to go to New Year's Six. So that was going to happen anyway. So really it was BYU's control over what they could control. And really that was the Boise loss that really that cost them there. But now here we are at the Independence Bowl. And I'll tell you this, that Shreveport is a great city. The Independence Bowl has a great history. And if you step away from the comparison to what might have been, this is a great place. And I've got a lot of respect for the people that operate the Independence Bowl. Trevor, what does a win in this game for BYU, the Cougars seeking out an 11th victory for back-to-back seasons, what would an 11th win do for the legacy of this specific 2021 team? Because it's already been an unforgettable season. It's been one of the most remarkable seasons in BYU history, in my opinion. I mean, beating six Power Five teams, that's never happened before. And I think that this team has a chance to really etch itself into the granite of of special teams in the legacy of BYU. Now, winning this game won't change the fact that they beat those Power Five teams. It won't change the fact that they were undefeated against the Pac-12. Losing it won't change that either. But losing this bowl game would put a big tarnish on the season. So when you're talking about legacy, we're not talking about erasing what they did, but we're talking about the taste in your mouth going forward. We're talking about the last emotion that you feel when you consider this season. And so winning this game actually is very important for BYU because of that emotion going forward, because of putting a a bow on top of a fantastic season rather than kind of hang your head and say, yeah, it it was good even though. We're talking to ESPN's Trevor Maddich on BYU Sports Nation. Trevor, there is a difference between 10 and 11 wins like you talked about, and I feel like because Jaron Hall's coming back uh, and because BYU would be returning a really nice team, if Tyler Algier comes back too, which we'll address in a second, I'm thinking BYU has a good shot of being a preseason top 15 team next year. Top 20 feels like, yeah, that's going to happen. Top 15, they might have a nice start to the year, and then you have Baylor and Oregon and Arkansas and Stanford. And like, you have some good opportunities on that schedule, so it, feel, it feels like there's a certain momentum going into next year that could happen here too. Yeah, it could, and having a bowl victory puts them into the offseason in a great, a great place. It also sets up the second signing period in February with a lot of momentum. And when you look at next year, you're also looking at the trenches. I mean, on the offensive line, they should be really strong. And on the defensive line, they've had to play so many guys on defense, especially in that front seven, that they'll come back with a lot of depth and a lot of competition. And that's one of the most important things for BYU going forward as a member of the Big 12, to have that kind of depth that the starters know that if they don't perform in practice and in the game, there's a guy behind them that can come in and do a good job as well. You know, a lot of teams... In, on the level of, that BYU has been on in recent years. They've had good starters, but they haven't had that push 
from enough backups at enough positions. BYU has that. They've had it for the last couple of years. It's one of the reasons they've been so successful. And, and the injuries, ironically, from 2021 will actually help them with experience and competition in 2022. So especially if Tyler Algier comes back, what a season that could be. Trevor, this is the first opportunity we've had to speak with you about the contract extension of Kalani Satake, taking him through 2027. We said earlier this week, next to getting into the Big 12 as an entire athletic department, this is probably the biggest win that BYU football has enjoyed this year is bringing back their coach. What does his extension mean for the future of BYU football, in your opinion? Well, it's stability and it's also comparison. And a lot of people don't like the idea of keeping up with the Joneses, but it's very much a real thing in college football. I mean, look at Michigan State. There were a lot of big-name coaches get big contracts. A lot of guys that weren't big names that got big contracts. And what does Michigan State do? Mel Tucker's not won a championship at the college level. He is, it was in his, what, second year now, I think, or third year at Michigan State. They gave him a 10-year, $95 million contract. Now, why? Well, they wanted to keep him. That's part of the reason. But part of the reason is so that they could go out to recruits and say, we are just as committed to your experience in football as the other big names, Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, and what they're paying their coaches. We're doing the same thing. We are committed to. And by extending Coach Satake, and we don't know the terms of that contract, but they called it unprecedented. That puts BYU in a position to say the same thing to recruits. You have stability here. You have a coach that other people wanted. They wanted to take him away, and we stepped up to keep him here. This is the coveted coach that will be coaching you, Mr. Recruit, going forward. These are the, the pitches that you'll be able to make now. So from a recruiting standpoint, from a stability standpoint, and from a comparison standpoint to, play, to coaches that they'll be recruiting against, this was incredibly important. And perhaps the biggest recruit is Tyler Algier, perhaps trying to get him to come back next year. Um, what's your opinion on whether he should go or stay at BYU or go to the NFL draft? You know, generally speaking, you tell a running back to go when he's ready to go. Just because they get hit so much that you don't want to – it's tough in the NFL because you get banged up and beaten down more quickly than most other positions. But NIL is a different thing. The college experience at BYU is fantastic. Tyler Algier has a chance to come back and, and, and write himself into the record books at BYU in a way that'll be really difficult to, to beat for a long, long time. And there's a lot of value in that. He also can improve his stock even more for the NFL in terms of the draft if he comes back. But he can secure himself financially if there are NIL deals, for example, that could come in and and pay him now so he doesn't have to wait until later. So I don't know what the NIL situation with him might be, but I would be interested if I'm a BYU fan to watch that to see if there's any releases because something releases in terms of press because that's the kind of thing that could add to the incentive for him to come back. I think he's got, if he goes, I wouldn't dispute it. But if he stays, depending on the circumstances, that is a good thing, too. <clears throat> Trevor, it's a Maddich Friday, of course, and we're discussing things on bowl game eve. Let's try and quantify what Tyler Alger means to this BYU team in terms of wins and losses. I kind of feel like it's maybe a win or two more for BYU. He's that good. He's that big of a deal. How do you see Tyler Alger returning next year in terms of win-losses and the impact he could have there for BYU? 
Well, Tyler Algier is a, a matchup nightmare for defenses because he's that big power back that can run over you. So you can have defenders in position to tackle him, and he will just physically defeat them at the point of attack. In addition to that, he's got speed. I mean, he's got breakaway speed for a back his size. So you have to worry about big plays as well. And then as a receiver out of the backfield, he's a matchup problem because the guys that can stay with him in terms of speed are usually too small to be able to deal with his physicality. Guys that can deal with his physicality usually can't keep up with him in terms of his ability to run. And so that matchup is a, a huge advantage for BYU. And in this game against UAB, it, it'll be a huge advantage as well. I mean, this UAB team has an outstanding defense, the best defense in Conference USA. And so having a guy like Tyler Algier that out of one position could do so many things and have an advantage at every single one of those individual aspects of offense is massive for BYU. And it's one of the reasons that he's been so valuable and will continue to be wherever he plays. He just needs, uh, you know, uh, a little uh, a great effort in this game to perhaps break Luke Staley's record. We'll see 174 yards. So we'll keep an eye on that uh, tomorrow in the bowl game. Trevor, we appreciate the time as always. Merry Christmas, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you around, uh, you know, the new year, previewing a national championship perhaps. Oh, well, okay, there you go. I think that would be fun. Thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich of ESPN on BYU Sports Nation. I'm not talking about BYU per se. I'm talking about the college football playoff. Of course, yeah, naturally. Uh, but it is a nice thought to think about BYU potentially in that spot someday, Jerem. Someday. I forgot my blue goggles. Where are they? Yeah, that, that ain't happening. <laughs> that would be awesome, though. That would be awesome. Don't get me wrong. All right, Jerem. On the way, our final prop picks of the season. We got, a, uh, we got a, a special guest coming in for that. Let's go. Plus our double down for BYU Hoops tomorrow at Weber State. This is BYU Sports Nation from Provo in Shreveport. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation always available on demand via the free BYU TV and BYU Radio app. Or download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and of course, review the show. Time for prop picks. And before we get to the bowl game edition, we have a special guest in studio. It's Ryan Nielsen of Salt City Swag. He has brought a, uh, a gift today. What's going on, Ryan? How you doing, man? Good, how are you? Awesome. So, man, I'm a huge fan of the, the show, and oh, you guys thanks. are doing the picks and whatnot, and I see that Spencer couldn't make it for some reason. I mean, that, it seems like he should be here for this <laughs> as well, but I can understand why he's off-site. But I noticed you guys don't have a trophy, and I was thinking right. to myself, trophies are cool, but you know nowadays everybody gets a trophy, so we yeah. need to do this right. Oh! And so I brought you guys a little, a little gift here to make things right. The official <laughs> BYU Sports Nation swagger belt. This is legit, dude. And this goes to you, I believe. I have one already. So yeah. Do I wear it on the shoulder like this? Is you this how do, I do it? You can do that. You can like throw this? it over your head. Yeah, that looks great. Man, this is legit, dude. Look at the look at the. We got the uh, Sailor Cougar. We got the BYU Sports Nation logo. Brian, this is awesome, man. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Oh, thank and you. I like it even more because I won. Uh, <laughs> the current standings: me five, Spencer two, on the uh, prop picks, but. Let's, uh, you know, I've got the bell. I've already won, but let's do some picks anyways. Okay, here we go. Number one. How many combined total yards will Puka Nakua and Tyler Algier have? I say 184. What say ye? I'm numb, Jerem. I'm numb watching you hold that belt. But I will play along. 211 yards for Tyler Algier 
and Puka Nakua tomorrow. Nice. That's one of my favorite songs by Linkin Park. Number two, how many points will come off the foot of Jake Oldroyd? I say nine. I say lucky seven for Mr. Oldroyd. Oh, not enough points for BYU. I need more touchdowns in there, right? Uh, okay, number three, what will the margin of victory be for Brigham? What do you say? Uh, I feel like it's going to be a close game, like two scores. And so I, I say it's 16, like a couple of touchdowns, a couple of two-point conversions, 16 points. Two scores, like max two scores. I say 17 plus, BYU's blowing them out. Yeah. That means it'll be a close game. Uh, okay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Awesome. You, okay. gave, you gave me that one. Thanks, man. Uh, yes, Thanks. I, I did give you that one. So I'm going to set this down because now we're going to do our double down picks uh, for men's hoops, which we'll post on social media. So check that out a little bit uh, later today. Okay, our question of the day. What do you want to see from BYU in tomorrow's Independence Bowl? Um, we got at Bleeding Blue 64 Dominance. That would be good. In response, our elite voice of the day is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. At Spencer underscore BYU, this is your burner account, I believe. 40-plus points, two trick plays, and a partridge in a pair. Ah, just win, baby. I guarantee we'll see trick plays. We had a couple in the uh, Boca Raton last year. Aaron Roderick is dialing those up. That's what he does. So, yeah, you can expect some unexpected things from BYU football, but how much will the rain impact his ability to unveil some of those? A lot of interesting storylines if the weather gets weird. Yeah, and Kalani said they played, uh, you know, around with uh, they they dipped some of the balls in water this week to try and you know practice with that. And so Jaron Hall doesn't yeah. turn it over. I mean, the last game he, he threw a couple of picks that were unorthodox, but I think BYU wins and wins convincingly. And we have an 11 and two season, and we're we're stoked about it. Today's rise of shoutouts uh, presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU athletics, to the football team in the season. I can't believe it's almost over. I know, I'm sad to think about it. Last football game tomorrow, but if Tyler Algier comes back, we re-bring back the juice, we run it back. Jeremy, we're off and running again. Tyler Algier, you come back and I can legally do it, I would give you this belt. Well, thanks to today's guests, Kalani Stocky, <laughs> Trevor Maddich, and Ryan Nielsen bringing the swag. Uh, apparently we did not have time for Dennis Pitta. Maybe next time, Dennis. For Spencer, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Mitch Payne. We'll see you tomorrow. Women's Hoops and Countdown to Kickoff.